1: On earth is gone, and my activities here are
3: past. I want they bury me upside down, and my critics can kiss my
0: Now here's your host, Matt Danison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle, of all of college basketball.
3: And hello, welcome in Thursday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We had a little more high school basketball postseason action last night at the 2A sectional locally, which is at Southwestern Hanover, and also at the 3A sectional, which is up at Scottsburg. We lost a couple teams last night locally. I'll tell you what, Clarksville really put up a fight against uh, Southwestern, one of the better teams in the sectional, but Southwestern closed the game strong, went on to knock out the Generals by a score of 56-47. Final score there. Uh, Jacob Seward, 21 points. He's had some really big games for Clarksville this year. I tell you what, Levi Carmichael, athletic director at Clarksville, uh, has come in, taken over the basketball program very early on in the year, and uh, kind of an interim thing that could turn into longer than that. But he has uh, done a nice job with it, and Clarksville will finish the season with a 10 and 13 record. But they really. Really battled last night. Also, Henryville uh, was defeated uh, earlier, or last night as well. Brownstown 83, Henryville 41, as Henryville will finish their season at 8-15 and 15 on the year. Really, the story for Henryville was Aiden Head. He had an outstanding year for Henryville, was really the bright spot, scoring a lot of points. He had some big performances, but Brownstown just too much. For Henryville, and of course, they are the big favorite there at the Southwestern sectional. Jack Benner, the Purdue commit, he led the Braves in their victory with 27 points. Aiden Head finished his season with 18 points, uh, and that's how things played out at the 2A sectional. Also, last night up at Scottsburg in the 3A sectional, Charlestown and Corden, a heck of a ball game. Corden went on to win 72 61 in overtime. Charlestown season ends with a 12-11 and 11 record. Ethan French was the leading scorer for the Pirates. He had 22 points, some balance after that with the three other players in double figures for Charlestown. But Corden moves on, also the other game up at Charlestown last night. The host team and the favorite, Scottsburg, at 19-5 on the season now. Uh, they cruise to a 62-35 win over North Harrison who uh, it's hard to believe finished the season just two victories on the year uh, for the Cougars. But that's how things played out in some of the Wednesday night action. And now we're all set up for semifinal games on Friday, championship games on Saturday. There are no threats of any kind of weather, whether it be winter weather or this crazy spring stuff where it warms up and you get the threats of tornadoes and things like that that we had earlier this week. So, barring something unknown, we should be set to get through a very good rest of sectional week Friday and Saturday. We'll be in Seymour. We'll have two games from Seymour coming up on Friday evening. We'll have Jeffersonville and Floyd Central in the first game. We will have New Albany and Jennings County in the second game. Jeff's the big favorite, but who knows? It's. The postseason, Floyd Central has some players. Can they put together a streak? Can they get off to a good start? Can they keep it close? Who knows what could happen if they did? The second game, New Albany and Jennings County, I know I said this yesterday, but I think it's going to be an outstanding ball game. I mean, absolutely outstanding. I think you could see New Albany or Jennings County winning that second semifinal. And I think in a one-off situation, you could see one of those two teams giving, let's say Jeffersonville, some real problems. In a sectional championship game on Saturday. So, going to be a lot of fun. We'll be on the Big X, back on the Big X instead of a sister station. We had to bump to uh, Tuesday because of Indiana's game, but you can catch us, oh, about 545 with our pregame show Friday. Uh, we'll be on the air live with uh, coverage from Seymour, both of those games, and hope that you'll join us for that. If you can't make it up to Seymour, uh, we'd love to have you join us for the broadcast coming up on Friday. Let's look at the lineup today, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany, segment one. In just a moment, we'll have some Hoosier headlines, a summary of of the day's top iu and southern indiana sports news a little bit later in the hour alex bozich of inside the hall will join uh we'll talk iu basketball the big win over wisconsin uh who is indiana looking at this week in the sectional tournament as postseason high school hoops gets underway in the state. We'll talk some recruiting with Alex as well. And, of course, we'll turn the page and look at the next game and probably the rest of the season for this Indiana team with Alex when he is with us a little bit later today. Also on Thursdays this year, We've had Steve Kerberg, former head basketball coach in the area, on to talk high school hoops. What a great day to have him with us as we get ready. Uh, Just a day out from sectional semifinal games tomorrow night. Steve and I will go around the sectionals, take a look at some of his picks, take a look at some of the games that he thinks Friday and potentially the matchups for Saturday that could be the best game, so we'll do that with Steve Kerberg, Coach Kerberg, a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out today for great uh, sandwiches and soups and salads. So many good items On the menu at Honey Baked Tam. Uh, You can check them out today. You probably will find something else uh, to take home for dinner as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Also, Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And uh, send us a text. We'd love to hear from you. It could be a question, a comment. A prediction, uh, anything really, as long as it's reasonable, we'll get it on the air here in this Thursday edition of the show. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day go sh- going sharp in the let, let me let, keep your day going right. Let me get my words right here in the right direction. Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. That number, text us, 502-414-1450, and you can send me a text, 502 414 1450. Let's get into some headlines from last night. Uh, a number of things to look at as we uh, think ahead to the weekend and think ahead to what's next for Indiana basketball. But one thing that I guess quietly that's kind of been brewing here that is a positive for Indiana is McKenzie Mbako is one of the contenders. I think you'd have to say for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He is averaging 11.6 points per game. And I think you'd have to say Owen Freeman of Iowa is one of those key contenders as well. And then also a player that I'm not as familiar with named Cam Christie from Minnesota. He has had a nice freshman season as well. So can you remember early on in the year, maybe the first third of the season or a little bit less, when we all wondered what was going on with Mbaco and was he ever going to come close to reaching freshman year expectations. He definitely has made very steady improvements, I think, throughout the course of this season and has worked himself into Big Ten Freshman of the Year in that conversation at least. I think he has a chance, depending on how the season finishes up and how things go, to to maybe win the award uh, along with Owen Freeman. I kind of, I guess, would peg those two as the, the top two in that category to win it. But uh, he's made improvements. He's got potential. It's going to be really interesting to see What is next for him? Is he going to try the NBA route? Maybe the season has been really good, but not as as good as what he hoped. I don't know. Uh, Will he come back to Indiana if he does return to the college game? Will he try another program? Will he enter the transfer portal? Those are just some of the unknowns about this age of college basketball that you simply don't get to figure out until the season is over. And sometime they immediately enter the portal or immediately announce their intentions and their decisions. And other times it can take a little while for some of this stuff to play out. But I do think when things come to an end for Indiana, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the fate of McKenzie M'Bacco is. Does he win Big Ten Freshman of the Year? Does he return to Indiana? Does he enter the portal? Does he try out the NBA process? I think that's going to be interesting. As far as what could happen in the offseason, I think the number one thing you got to be prepared for if you're an Indiana fan, Kell Ware, I mean, he, he's got to be going to go the NBA route. I mean, I, I guess he could always declare, not get an agent, and keep his foot in the in the college basketball scene potentially. But I would just think after some of his successes this year and some of his big performances and how his game has definitely improved, uh, I, I would think that he would go the professional route. Who knows? But that would be a thought there definitely on that. We'll see as things wrap up over the next few weeks, very likely for this Indiana team, the Big Ten Tournament is still ahead after the regular season. And, of course, after that, um, will Indiana get a chance to play in the NIT? Will they make some miracle run in the Big Ten tournament and punch their ticket to the NCAA? I, I don't see that. I'm not sure that the NIT is a real possibility at this point, but we will see what happens with Indiana and if their season does come to an end after their last loss in the Big Ten tournament. Also, last night, as I mentioned, there were some Wednesday games locally. And that was the case across the state as well. Uh, A number of coaches out, uh, Michael Shrewsbury, Matt Painter, were both out last night recruiting various players in the class of 2025 with sectional action on Wednesday. Uh, A good midweek opportunity with the teams not playing to get out and watch games. Indiana, uh, at least based on any reports, pictures, I mean anytime these guys go out to a high school gym in Indiana, It's going to hit social media really quick. They're going to be taking pictures with fans and parents, and uh, they want themselves to be seen and known that they're out there in the state recruiting some of these key guys uh, from the boundaries of Indiana. But I did not see Mike Woodson or any of the staff out last night. And I know if you look at some of the discussion forums and some of the social media threads that are out there, Mike Woodson and his staff taking a bashing for that. I know some. Thought was, well, maybe they're saving their number of recruitable days uh, to go out and visit with transfer portal prospects as soon as the season ends. I mean, obviously, you know, this coaching staff is well aware of the turnover they are going to have to make with this roster, the improvements they're going to have to make uh, as soon as the season ends as they build for what could be uh, their final year together at Indiana. Who knows what happens? But um, who knows what the thought was last night? But sectional basketball in Indiana big crowds generally, lots of good players out there to go see, even if your focus immediately is the transfer portal. It's just a good PR opportunity, especially after a win, a big win at home over Wisconsin earlier this week to get out and go watch Sicily play, go watch Mullins at Greenfield Central play. Both of those guys were in action last night i believe mullins's team won sicily and his heritage hills team was defeated last night so a little bit of a surprise in southern indiana basketball there but you would think a chance to get out and be seen and uh mike woodson obviously under fire all college coaches are when things don't go well whether it's a temporary period or a full season or maybe the career where ultimately the coach ends up leaving or getting let go i think the jury is still out in many regards on mike woodson Another year with a chance to really work the portal and bring in new guards, I think we'll uh, have an opportunity for this team to take some major steps forward. But a lot of that's going to depend on who comes back from the current roster and what happens with kel Elware and Mackenzie Mbaco, and as we talked about a little bit earlier in the program today. But Mike Woodson, man, he is a guy right now, no matter if you love him and you support him all the way or you're ready for him to depart IU as the basketball coach he is a guy right now that is under fire. Yes, the Wisconsin win helps. It it makes things, I'm sure, a little bit better in the locker room. Uh, maybe internally with his staff, it makes things better. But he absolutely is a guy that, no matter what he does right now, is going to catch a lot of hell. He he just that's where he's at. That's the kind of job that he has. And um, I'm sure that NBA jobs, there have been pressure. I'm sure that he's had, we know he's had good and bad seasons before uh, at the professional level. Uh, but this has got to be totally different playing or coaching, I should say, for the alma mater, uh, where you played, the state where you live, where you have always wanted to get back to and to have this kind of fire, I guess, going on or situation going on obviously has got to be concerning for him as well you can tell somewhat in the press conferences I think uh, but he's always been pretty laid back in his answers uh, to the media and not a lot has changed but I think you can sense some additional frustration and rightfully so. I mean, he's got some good points that he makes. He can't go out and make the shots for the players, but he also has to take responsibility uh, as their coach for what is going on or in some cases not going on when it comes to the offensive and defensive things that this team is going through. So, uh, But last night with Mike Woodson or the staff not out at a sectional game, that just an opportunity to uh, for fans to, to notice that. And in the world we're in today with social media and discussion forums and all those sorts of things, uh, definitely uh, there is uh, the notice of that, absolutely. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Speaking of sectionals across the state, I saw a tweet earlier today that the Noblesville sectional for Friday, the semifinal games, are sold out in noblesville the mill they call their gym it's a really nice and new gymnasium and it's got a lot of seats it goes way up there way high uh let's just look at the semifinal games at noblesville for just a second number two ranked noblesville the home team will take on number three westfield those are obviously 4a teams number one fishers will take on huge school hamilton southeastern who's never bad so you've got one two three all in action Friday, plus Hamilton Southeastern, who is a good program. So uh, unbelievable the competition in some of these sectionals, especially in the Indianapolis metropolitan area. Uh, some of these sectionals, especially in 4A, if you come through that three games set up Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday, and you're able to beat, you know, one, two, three in route to a championship, you've really done something and you, you should be rewarded in a big way. I mean, Seymour's great. We've had unbelievable matchups there. We've had a lot of ranked matchups over the years. Not as much this year, but my goodness, can you imagine one sectional semifinal night with the top three teams in 4A basketball all on display? It's easy to see why uh, the tickets are sold out for the semifinal games tomorrow night at Noblesville. That will be a whoop would be a really fun place to be if you just had the opportunity to take in some random high school basketball games here on sectional weekend. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. We'll talk the latest on IU. We'll get into recruiting. A lot more coming up. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday edition of the show. Thornton's text line is open, 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. Alex Bozich inside the hall. He always joins on Thursdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball. And Dalton, before we, or Alex, before we get into IU stuff, I want to talk about Dalton Connect in Tennessee last night. He had a monster performance. Tennessee, a big win over Auburn. Uh, that was a guy Indiana was very involved in in the transfer portal. I think he was a what a transfer from was it Northern Colorado, I believe. Uh, but it's, he's had a good season and a big performance last night. Makes you wonder if Indiana had been able to uh, strike success with one or two of those guys they didn't get from the portal. What this season could be like?
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, he's obviously been. Uh outstanding all season I remember watching him early in the in the year Tennessee went to Wisconsin and won a game and I remember being really impressed with him then and last night he was just terrific it's trending towards being a first round NBA draft pick if not even potentially a middle first round of the lottery guy that's how good he's been it's interesting you know there's been a lot of talked this season about he was the guy that Indiana missed out on but the, you know they did put a lot of time in trying to recruit him but never actually got him on campus for a visit so I, I think what happened there was Indiana was really working him hard and trying to get something set up but he went down to Tennessee for a visit and really had a good time from what I understand really liked Rick Barnes and that was it. I mean, the same thing happened uh, with with Ledlam, who initially went to Tennessee and then ended up leaving there and going going to St. John's. But those those two, both of those guys, were big portal names when you look back at last spring. And obviously, the the Ledlam thing didn't hurt as much because Indiana ended up with McKenzie and Baco and Khalil Ware. But yeah, Indiana really missed the boat on getting a guard of some kind uh, last spring, and it is fair to. Kind of wonder what how different this season would look like if if Connect was on the roster, but didn't happen. And Indiana is where they are now, at 15 and 13 overall, heading into uh, the Maryland game this weekend.
3: Alex Bozich inside the hole. Sorry, Alex, I'm having some trouble hearing you on my end. Uh, I think you're going over the radio fine. Uh, Let's get into some IU stuff. Were you surprised? I mean, you follow this team every game. You cover this team every game. Were you surprised at the result? Were you surprised to see Indiana get back in the win column and do so against a Wisconsin team that's had a really stellar year?
1: Wasn't necessarily surprised all that much because Wisconsin came in playing not very well. Uh, Really been struggling, scuffling here over the last, I think, four, four or five weeks. You know, they started out so well in Big Ten play. A lot of people had them up there with Illinois and Purdue as contenders for the Big Ten. But they've really taken a step back. I think they've, you know, really hurt themselves in terms of the NCAA tournament seeding conversation as well. But in terms of the game, I thought Indiana – uh, it, it was actually a pretty solid matchup for them. You remember back to the first game where they actually scored 79 points up in Madison, just didn't have enough defensively. It was their worst defensive performance of the season. So that um, it, it didn't surprise me to see how well they played uh, offensively. Uh, what was more impressive to me in that game was just kind of some of the individual stuff that we saw Trey Galloway going for 12 assists for the second time. This season, uh, not not only was it the twelve assists, but only having two turnovers. I mean, that six to one ratio. Yeah, you can't ask for much better than that. And Cole Ware has just been uh, really good all season. I thought the other night was maybe one of the maybe the best, at least one of the two or three best games he's played yet in an IU uniform. I uh, was really impressed with the different ways he scored the ball, not just with the face up stuff that he's been good at all year. He even made a three pointer, but. Went a little bit off the dribble, getting to the rim uh, a couple times. And obviously with the 11 rebounds and five block shots, just a really good all-around game from him. And uh, he's he's definitely trending towards being a guy that could, like, connect via middle of the first round uh, draft pick uh, come June in the NBA. So I thought overall it was a solid performance from Indiana. Uh, Wisconsin, as I mentioned, not playing. Ah, uh, particularly well, kind of headed in the right direction, but good for Indiana to to end the four-game losing streak and get a little positivity after a season that's that's not gone as most people had hoped or planned.
3: Alex, I mentioned Mackenzie Embako in the first segment today that he is one of a handful of players that's being mentioned or is a candidate likely for the Big Ten Freshman of the Year award. I can remember conversations we had back in late November, early December, where he was trying to get it going. He was having some struggles, especially on the defensive end of the college game. Can you talk about Mbaco's Uh, development this season the improvements that you've seen and what do you think a guess is or can you even make a guess at what happens with Mbako when IU season comes to an end does he stay in Indiana does he come back for another year does he try the NBA route Uh, obviously the transfer portal is an option as well more on McKenzie Mbako from you
1: yeah I um Obviously, there was huge expectations on him entering the season. Didn't start out particularly well. I think a lot of it was just getting adjusted to the college game. He could always create some offense for himself with a shot. I think really what's been different recently is he's been going off the dribble more, trying to use his body and get to the rim and get fouled. Did a really good job of that the other night. Um, Three-point shooting percentage, not as good as people had hoped, but he has shot it well at times. I think the the biggest area where he's grown, he's still not – I wouldn't put him in the category of good at this, but he's gotten better um, defensively. Still gets lost at times with some of the basic concepts, but he's made significant strides since the beginning of the season. And in terms of his future, it's really hard to say. I mean, we've got a little bit more than two weeks uh, now until – uh, the transfer portal opens, I think, 17 days if I'm, if I'm counting correctly because uh, it's the Monday after uh, Selection Sunday, maybe 18 days that the portal will open. And he's obviously got some decisions uh, to make. He, if he's going to return to college, there's no risk in taking uh, the chance to put your name in the draft and going through the free draft process. Worst case scenario, you're not invited to the combine, and then you have a pretty good idea of where you stand in the eyes of the NBA. You can still go work out for teams uh, risk-free and and get feedback. Um, But then, as you mentioned, Matt, we we don't know with any of these guys, are they going to come back to Indiana next season? Are they going to go in the transfer portal? You know, everyone looks at Indiana's roster and said, well, they need X, Y, and Z from the portal. They need to go get these guys. Well, first thing they have to do is recruit the guys that are on their team that they want to keep into coming back because it's not just you have to go get guys from the portal you got to get your players to not enter the portal and leave so it's a lot of work to be done uh, for the coaching staff this spring in order to solidify a roster for next season and I would think that McKenzie Mbaco is a priority to bring back because I, I think over the course of the season he's gotten better he's a tremendous offensive talent Uh, he's, he's been, uh, a guy that has improved over the course of the season. And I think with another year in college and an off season of development, uh, I think he could be a terrific, you know, all, you know, all big Ten second, third team type of guy next season. If he were to come back to Indiana.
3: Alex Bozich inside the hall. My guests were talking IU's roster and where the whereabouts or the situations could be here this off season for some of these guys, Alex digging in the rest of the way. When we look at the IU schedule and what's left, obviously their performance uh, at home uh, earlier this week, showed that they can still win big 10 basketball games, that they can still still compete the rest of the way. Now they don't have many opportunities, Maryland on the road, Minnesota on the road, Blooming- uh, Michigan state in Bloomington. Uh, take us through the remaining schedule for this Indiana team best opportunity for a win do you see a win with this indiana team over the final few games obviously the home game against michigan state that would be huge to close out the regular season with a victory at home but what do you see over these final three games
1: oddly enough and you you would have you would have thought this was crazy before the season if we were had this conversation back in september october i think of those three games the toughest game is at minnesota i mean maryland on the road indiana's already beaten them and i, I watched maryland play last night against the northwestern team that didn't have ty berry didn't have ryan langborg they they couldn't beat them at the xfinity center the crowd there looked pathetic there was a ton of empty seats there's not very much enthusiasm for this maryland team they've been really underwhelming and really one of the bigger disappointments not just in the big 10 but in the country so that to me is a a winnable game for Indiana on Sunday. Obviously, uh, every game, uh, most games in the Big Ten this year have been winnable. Actually, going out and doing it is completely different. And the Michigan State game at home, I mean, Michigan State's another team who's really, uh, you know, I think struggled and uh, underperformed based on what the, the preseason expectation was for them. So, those two games to me are the more winnable of the three. At Minnesota, I mean, they, they lost, I believe, last night at Illinois, but played really well, fought. Our Minnesota, to me, has overachieved relative to their talent. They've been really tough at home. I think that's going to be a, a really hard game for Indiana to go win. But none of these three games you look at and say it would be impossible for Indiana to win. But I mean, you could have said that about the you know the, the four games before on the losing streak Indiana um, went on. And th- there's a lot of opportunities in that stretch that Indiana could have had uh, to pick up some wins but just couldn't go out and get the job done. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say uh, for sure what's, what's going to happen these final three games. So you, you wonder, you know, well, Indiana now that they've kind of got this uh, pressure to win a game off their back, will they relax a little bit? Or are they still going to play with desperation and try to win a couple more games and feel good about themselves going into the big 10 tournament? They still have to, uh, to win, I think probably at least one more game to avoid playing on Wednesday, of the big 10 tournament, maybe a couple, depending on how things go with some tiebreakers. So, going to be interesting to, to see how this uh, final stretch of games plays out I think it's tremendously important uh, for Mike Woodson uh, to get a couple more wins uh, you know in turn to feel a little bit better about his job security uh, which has been a topic of conversation obviously over the last couple of weeks and I don't think one game beating Wisconsin has done much to change that obviously fans were happy to hear i happy to see Indiana win that game, but I don't think it t- t- changes much in terms of just the overall trajectory and the feeling around the program at this point.
3: Alex Bozic inside the hall. I mentioned the criticism Coach Woodson is under. Obviously, you know, the season's still going on. We try to focus on the topics at hand and not get into the rumor mill. But um, it's clear he he and his staff are under pressure. Um, I think the general thought is they'll be back, but we're not Scott Dolson. We don't know all the in- intricate details of, of what's going on. But one thing that did uh, cause a little bit of commotion last night in the social networks world, I guess we could call it, is that uh, Matt Painter and Micah Shrewsbury from other in-state schools, Notre Dame and Purdue, were both out at Wednesday night sectional games taking a look at some key 2025 prospects in the state. I don't believe Indiana was anywhere. And uh, Mullins at Greenfield Central and also Cicely at Heritage Hills were both in action last night. Do you make anything of that, Alex? I mean, you've covered this recruiting scene uh, and kind of know the tendencies of of Mike Woodson and his staff when it comes to recruiting. And furthermore... um, should Indiana save their recruiting days for the transfer portal, given how important that is going to be for Indiana at this point?
1: Yeah, it's really hard to say um, without knowing the thinking of, of what the staff is planning for the transfer portal. I, I, I think it, it doesn't look good uh, when you have Painter and Shrewsbury out there watching those guys and the 2025 class has been looked at as a, a real opportunity for Indiana to get back to recruiting the state uh, with guys like, you know, Jalen Harrelson and Trent Sisley, and Xavier uh, Robinson out of Indianapolis, obviously Mullins. There's some, some really good talent. And I think players that could help a program, but um, it, you know, it, it doesn't look good when, when your competition's there and you're not. Now I know that they've been to see Sicily and they've been to see Mullins uh, relatively recently, but this is sectional play. Uh, I think it would have been better to, to at least have some presence there to see those guys, but I can't speak to how they should, you know, their strategy in terms of using recruiting days and how the portal all fits into that. But, you know, to me, you know, I think the optics of it are bad because, it's going to get mentioned on social media. It's going to get called out, and it's just another negative thing, thing that people have to point to and, and say that, you know, this is this shouldn't be happening. We should have our our face out there and, and being seen by these kids and let them know that they're priority. And uh, whether or not that's the truth, or you know, whether the truth lies somewhere in the middle of maybe the two extremes. Uh, It's just from a PR perspective, it it doesn't look good when you don't go out and and, and see kids who are kind of in your backyard and have a chance to watch them in sectional play.
3: Yeah, definitely. Alex Bozic inside the hall. Alex, um, Big Ten tournament just around the corner. I know you mentioned Indiana's placement or potential placement in that. Uh, Can you take us through different scenarios on where Indiana could be on Wednesday potentially, or is there a chance for Thursday and to get a bye through that first round?
1: Oh yeah, there's a chance. There's definitely a chance to be on Thursday. It's just at this point, so much still has to play out. Um, you know, there's a thing if you um, <clears throat> if you go on on Google and just type in Big Ten tournament uh, bracket generator. Uh, it's it's that tool's been around forever. Kind of looks that looks like something out of 1980, but you kind of plug in all the inputs for all the remaining games of what you think is going to happen, and it'll show you. And you know, I think Indiana. If they if they win, probably have to win at least one, maybe two games here the rest of the way to avoid Wednesday. Uh, Michigan is really only, I think, the sure thing to be on that first day because they're so far back in the standings. And uh, everyone else, I mean, I think has a chance depending on some tiebreakers to get in uh, to that Thursday. You know, if Indiana doesn't win a game the rest of the way, it's, it's pretty much a certain thing at that point that they'll be playing on <clears throat> on Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament, which. Uh, that that's going to be on Peacock, so uh, you know maybe that'd be a good thing if, if they're not if they're going to go go play like they typically do in the Big Ten tournament, which historically has been not very good. Maybe as not many people would would see it then if they were on <laughs> uh, Peacock for that opening day. But uh, you know it's <clears throat> still a lot to play out. You know some some Big Ten teams I think have uh, three two three games left. You know, Indiana with three. Uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. But at this point, call it. Probably a 40% chance they're playing on Thursday, 60% chance in my mind that they're going to be playing on Wednesday in the Big Ten Tournament. And that, that obviously uh, is just kind of based on how things have been going with a win-loss perspective recently.
3: All right, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He joins us Thursdays on the show. Alex, I told your son I would bring this up today. I ran into your sister Maggie and your mom, some of my favorite people the other day in New Albany, and your son has grown so much and you know you're such a big uh, name in Indiana when you with covering the Hoosiers, and obviously you went to New Albany and have been around that program covering Romeo Langford during those great years. But your son Colin, he had St. X gear everywhere, Alex. So I, I wanted to know what what's up with that. Can we not get him back here in Southern Indiana?
1: Well, you know I think he's already given a silent verbal to uh, <laughs> to go to St. X. He did a. As you know, Matt, we live over here in Louisville, and he did a he shadowed uh, recently over there, and uh, you know, has obviously grown up in Catholic schools over here, and really liked it. And so, yeah, he, uh, my mom and my sister and, and him, let me know that, that you saw them uh, out the other night, and you <laughs> know, he still talks about that night when you took him over to uh, our. He didn't. You didn't take him over, but you know, you welcomed into the to the doghouse and let him come in the locker room before the game. I think that was the night Bill Self was there, which was a wasted trip for for Bill to come to uh, New Albany to watch Romeo Langford, but he, he still has uh, fond memories of that. So it was, uh, obviously, I'm sure they were, Glad to see you out, Matt, and uh, where he's still, uh, I know, appreciative that uh, you gave me the opportunity to do that. So uh, thanks for yeah, bringing good, that up. Good
3: kid for sure. Alex Bozic inside the hall, always with us Thursdays here on the show. Alex, thanks, and uh, we'll do this again next week.
1: All right, Matt, have a
3: good one. Talk to you next week. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Steve Kerberg, former head coach in the area, great friend of the program, is going to join us for his regular Thursday spot next. We'll talk high school basketball, the sectional semifinal matchups in all of our local sectionals, really across the state, are now set. And Steve and I will go through all of them coming up here in the next segment on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday edition of the show. Thornton's text line open, 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. Steve Kerberg with us here on this Thursday show to talk some high school basketball. Coach, the sectional semifinals are set for Friday. Should be a terrific night of basketball across the state. What sectional are you most interested in as far as just the Friday matchups? Who has the best Friday matchups?
2: I would say the Friday matchups, I I would go with the Borden sectional. um, Four four really good teams. Um, If you've never had the opportunity to witness a sectional there, they are incredible at hosting a sectional. It's got kind of an old-school feel. It feels like the fans are right on top of the courts. It'll be packed on Friday with Rock Creek against Christian Academy, Borden against South Central, four teams that can win. Um, it, they had an incredible crowd last Tuesday, but this Friday, I, I, um, I, I can't imagine the kind of turnout they're going to have and the environment that's going to be there. But uh, that being said, uh, you have four good choices in there <laughs> just to look at.
3: I told somebody last night if I had – no commitments if i could go wherever i wanted to go no broadcast no no work related stuff uh, i would go i would have went tuesday to seymour friday to Broden for the two semifinal games you just mentioned and i'd go saturday to southwestern for brownstown providence that would be my path this week if i could go where i wanted to go
2: i think those are excellent choices and um uh... And again, Friday night, there's some really great matchups elsewhere. Brownstown and Southwestern is a game a lot of people aren't talking about, but I believe Southwestern only has two losses this year, maybe three. Um, uh, uh they, they are very capable of getting hot and can really shoot the basketball and, uh, are kind of under the radar for some reason. And it's at, at their gym. So that's a great, a great game to keep an eye on. And then, um uh, the Scottsburg sectional, Silver Creek and Madison, um, I think Silver Creek's a pretty pretty good favorite in that game, but it could set up possibly a very good championship matchup with Silver Creek and Scottsburg. And then, of course, the sectional that a lot of people are talking about at Seymour, another incredible host for a sectional, maybe one of the finest gyms in the state, definitely one of the finest gyms in the state. But uh, you have the potential for a jeffersonville to Albany championship matchup which would be just uh, off the charts again. This happened so many times over the years, and there's nothing really like playing your rival in a uh, sectional championship.
3: Steve Kerberg with me. We're talking high school basketball and sectional semifinal games set for Friday night. I'm always careful when it comes to injuries and high school kids and so forth, but uh, last night, Brownstown did have a starter go down that went back to the locker room and never returned to the ball game. We don't have any clue the details or the situation or the severity. Obviously, we wish the best for all uh, student-athletes, that's for sure, but uh, it is worth noting that as we look ahead to Providence and Brownstown, very likely... The matchup for Saturday night there—that uh, there is uh, some uncertainty right now, at least publicly, about uh, what what's going on with Brownstown.
2: Yeah, they had a starter go down who didn't return last night, and uh, it just—it makes you sick. Um, you know, it's something that you never want to see a, a young person who works so hard uh, not being able to compete in in the uh, tournament. Not to say that's the case here, where we, you know, we hope that that's not the case, obviously, but. Um, you know, as a head coach, you know, I, I would sit around and, and worry about those things all the time, you know, with uh, sicknesses going around, somebody getting hurt in practice or in the game. But, uh, you know, again, we, we hope and hope and pray, pray that that young man's fine. And uh, you, you want even as a competitor, you want to you want to get the opponent's best shot and you never want to see uh, a young person like that have to face an injury like that.
3: Talking with Steve Kerber, coach. Uh, Let's go back to Seymour for a moment. Jeff is a big favorite over Floyd Central. You never know what can happen, but let's assume for a minute that Jeff is going to get to the championship game. Uh, New Albany would be great—a local matchup in the final if the Bulldogs can beat Jennings County. Uh, Jennings County, a team that when they're hot, they beat Brownstown in the regular season. Uh, They beat new albany they played jeffersonville reasonably close for most of the game Uh, do you see a situation where jeff doesn't win seymour where the red devils could face an upset in the championship game perhaps um, i know that jeff has talent boy they're playing well they handled seymour uh, strongly on tuesday night to get their tournament effort started but just gauging what saturday night could look like in seymour what are your thoughts
2: well i would say first you know as a coach, as a team, um, you obviously don't want to overlook Floyd Central. I mean, they have some very talented players. I think uh, Coach White has done a really good job with that team this year, and uh, they've won some games that uh, really surprised me this season, um, and they have some, some nice pieces to that team. They can, they're capable of playing a very physical style of basketball, knocking down a lot of shots. So um, they're, they're definitely a formidable opponent. But Jeff is, is clearly the favorite, and, and if they get to that Saturday night, I also say New Albany and Jennings County is a, is a must-watch must game, um, a game that's going to be fast, a lot of, lot of threes, a lot of pressure, uh, a, a game that went down to the wire last time that um, uh, seemed to be a very physical game, and um, it'll, be, it'll be a fun game for a fan to watch. it would be worth, worth the admission for sure. And then, then either one of those teams, the style they play, uh, the speed they play, their ability to shoot the ball, um, could could give Jeffersonville trouble. Again, I think Jeffersonville is the clear favorite, but I, I don't think you could say heavy favorite. I think they, uh, from a coach's perspective, every game in the sectional is a challenge, and I, I don't think I don't think a lot of uh, fans. Know the challenges the coaches face. It's so difficult to win a sectional. I don't care how favored you are. I don't care uh, how talented you are. You have to get certain breaks. You have to be healthy. You have to, you have to, sometimes uh, things that variables that you don't expect can come into play to having a cold shooting night to anything like that. So it's very, very difficult to cut down that's in March and, uh, you know, Teams that are focused and teams that are bought into to the details and, and, and to um, putting it together here at the end and, and we're playing hard for each other, I think they're teams that uh, have, have the best chance.
3: All right, uh, talking with Steve Kerber. Coach, enjoy the weekend, Friday and Saturday, sectional games, and we'll talk with you next
2: week. Hey, thank you for having me on. Have a good weekend.
3: I just saw a tweet from my old friend John Decker, who's the director of – strategic communications for IU Athletics on this date February 29th 2000 the year in what proved to be Bob Knight's last game at Assembly Hall as Indiana's head basketball coach number 12 IU defeat denied number 22 Purdue a share of the Big 10 title with a 79-65 IU victory IU opened the game on a 17-0 run And the Hoosiers were never threatened. Boy, I miss Bob Knight, that's for sure. Have a great Thursday. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. Don't forget, both sectional semifinals from Seymour. We'll have them live on the Big X here Friday night. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.